0: Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she
1: speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature.
2: Lawrence Calsell and Alistair Gardner are the co-founder and co-owner of Exact Nutrition. Exact Nutrition started with one simple idea. Surely it's possible to make a better tasting alternative to an energy gel. Their foodie passion and love of outdoor sports led them to create products that work great and taste great, starting in 2012, handing out Exact Energy Fruit Bars at a windswept mountaintop feed station. Lawrence grew up in Bristol, UK, settling in Montreal and Heads Up Marketing and Product Development, with a passion for mountains and cooking. And Alistair is from England and now lives in Bromont, Quebec. He is a competitive runner and has represented Canada in mountain running, has his own specialty run store, and recently earned a diploma in sport nutrition. Please welcome Lawrence and Alistair from Exact Nutrition. Welcome Lawrence and Alistair. I uh, was connected to both of you through Stephen Beerbrier, who is one of your ambassadors. But I am also a fan of your products. Thank you for joining me
1: on Let's Take This Outside. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we're super stoked to be here. And thanks for thanks for clearing up Stephen, how you pronounce Steven's last name. That's been a mystery <laughs> to me for, for many years.
2: And you know what's funny is I've known him for years. And when I finally had him on the podcast, I was like, okay, let's let's figure this out. Um we're gonna dive right in. Um but Alistair, you were You just got back from France, right? And you were running with our mutual friend, Liam Walk.
0: I'm still in France. Uh, Oh, uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, It's late here for me. So Liam and I were in Chamonix for the UTMB week, cheering on friends, crewing friends, and I'm just back from Switzerland from a race that I did on Friday.
2: So um, apologies, you're still there. And thank you for joining me, even though you're way over there right now. But how was the race? How did it go? Uh, Did you drink beer?
0: Did I drank a lot of beer. I avoided drinking too much beer the night before the race. And I was in no fit state to drink beer after the race. Um, I was pretty much sent straight to bed and woke up in the morning, but had a lot of beer the next day.
2: Good for you. And how did the races go? <laughs> uh,
0: so I did the uh, – it's a brand new race, part of the UTMB series called the Wild Struble. And I did the long one, which is the 108 kilometer. <laughs> and so uh, it was quite a challenge. To be fair, the the scenery, the the crowds, the uh, the beautiful villages in Switzerland, they just knocked the socks off of everything. It was really good. The race went really well, but I had a bit of a sort of fueling challenge towards the end. And so from the last sort of five hours of the race, I pretty much ran on two sips of black tea and nothing else. And so I was very happy to get it done.
2: I have so many questions about trail running, but we're here to talk <laughs> about exact nutrition. Uh, Lawrence, can we just dive right in and say what is exact and where did it all
1: start? So Exact is our sport nutrition company that we founded. When I say we, it was me, uh, my wife, Marianne Regnault, and actually her dad, Alain Regnault, founded it back in 2010. And it started with a bit of, I wouldn't say a frustration, but just sort of having experienced energy gels for the first time, actually on one of our local trail races here in Quebec, actually at uh, Mount Orford. After experiencing that first gel, Thinking, wow, this is great. You get a really nice uh, boost of energy. But after the, sort of, I think it was maybe the fourth or fifth, you're kind of like, I'm sure, I'm, sh- I'm sure it doesn't need to be as awful as this to get that same energy kick. So it really came from our, our actual first product being a um, uh, pâte de fruits or fruit pastes. Now that's such an awful word in English. We didn't do a literal translation. So we've, we called them Exact Energy Fruit Bars. So all our products are named after the company Exact, that's the brand. So it really came from just a combination of me sort of having my goals in racing a bit different from Alistair. My goal is always just to kind of finish within four hours of when my friends finish. So um, obviously (laughs) fueling is a helpful part of that. But um, I'm also a little bit of um, a little bit chubby. Really enjoy my food, and, and and not just quantity but quality. So it really comes from that. Man, we just got to we've got to be able to make something that does the same job as a gel, but but it's just way more palatable, way more tasty. And that's kind of been the ethos behind all all the products we've developed here at Exact Nutrition over the last ten years. And and one of the really cool things when when Amistad joined uh, me and Marianne as uh, as an owner back in 2015 or 16, about five years in. He brought all his expertise and also some of the constraints as a, as a as a vegan endurance you know high performing runner brought a really helpful perspective to us as far as the product development is concerned
2: there's two things i want to point out about specifically the little bars so number one they're delicious they're like the best tasting ones by far the canadian so you know that, that that helps a lot too but also um for canadian athletes who do things outside all year round in the winter I have to point out that they don't they don't freeze they don't go hard they don't I don't know they just seem to to last I've never had a problem in the winter cracking one open and it's it's not like super hard to chew or anything I'm assuming you, you designed it that way
1: absolutely I don't think we can take all the credit for that I mean we took an existing product these fruit jellies or fruit bars or pâte de fruits as their French name They've been around for four hundred and fifty years, so they date back to just a way of conserving fruit you know before refrigeration and and, and all these things um so what we really dig is we kind of um, like a lot of um <laughs> pioneering brands were maybe not quite so pioneering as perhaps <laughs> we we would like to think ourselves. we hijacked an awesome idea but really tweaked it and repurposed it and so while well, someone who maybe trains or or competes or lives in in southern europe particularly like in spain and france portugal where these things are two a penny uh, here in north america uh, in the u.s and canada where we commercialize our, our, our products they really kind of stand out that like people like what is this like when, when we're exposed like doing tastings and things like that at, uh, at big city marathons or cross-country ski races or uh, you know triathlons the first question we always get is just like what is this thing? I guess the nice thing about that is like we've managed to differentiate it from other like chews and gels and things like that. But it also means there is a bit of work to just to kind of educate folks and say, yeah, it really and, and initially when we we're sort of trying to hit up bike shops to take on our, our product and run stores, there was even a little bit of pushback It's just like this can't be as effective as, as uh you know X brand gel because it, it tastes too good. Uh, it can't it can't taste that good and be effective. I guess the good news is that it is both <laughs> tastes really good and just as effective. In fact, it's got a really ideal sugar profile in terms of getting maximum absorption of carbs into the body during effort. And there you go. I've already said way too much.
2: We're going to talk about the actual sport nutrition part of it in a couple minutes. But Alistair, as an athlete, as an endurance athlete, accomplished endurance athlete, I could go on and on. Tell me about what attracted you to Exact and what led to you now being a co-owner of the company.
0: Um, It was kind of a a mixture of two things. It was sort of meeting Lawrence and his energy and just sort of like, hey, try this. It's going to be tasty. And as Lawrence said, it was delicious. And having sort of been through my early years of, trying a different couple of brands and things and having that mixture of sort of a, a toothpaste texture or a very synthetic flavoring texture. Uh, like everything was just like, okay, this one's a bit better that way, but the other one's not that way. And then you get something which comes across. And as Lawrence said, we, it's the hijacking of a, of a very simple recipe, but repurposing. And it's just kind of like, it was screamingly obvious. And I was like, this makes sense. And that was what kind of jumped out to me. And from there it was, okay, so you've got caffeine added to it. That makes sense. Electrolyte's added to it. So this is kind of going from the recipe idea of 400 years ago, now taking really into the sports arena and sort of having the potential of this very delicious like fruity platform as going into something a bit more for and it doesn't have to be for like elite athletes and that's the best thing about it it is kind of something you'd almost be happy to give the kids uh on the way from school to swim lessons because it is basically boiled down fruit uh, the the core of the ingredients um, and all that to be said was uh you see all these opportunities and where i was with work and i was just like I want to jump onto this and Lawrence and I were very like-minded individuals when it came to how we do the business and where, you know, growing a business, uh, kicking off with a startup and things. And so, uh, uh, from when he was picking me up as a runner to go up to Quebec city or to Mont-Saint-Anne to do races where he was presenting the product and I was going to run and we had three hours in the car to discuss all these different things. We ended up talking business plans and it just went from there. It just kind of evolved as a, as a sort of a very, uh, logical partnership.
2: Lawrence, where did the inspiration come from to fuel athletes, specifically for the outdoors? Clearly, you know you're an athletic guy yourself, but where did that come from?
1: Very simply, it came from adventure racing in Europe when I lived back in uh, in France. Actually, I moved to, from France to to Canada, and when I got to Canada, I just wanted to continue those kinds of activities because of a uh, love love of the outdoors. Just trying to keep sane. <laughs> I've I've always like lived in the city, but but love love leaving the city, and so skiing, which is a passion I I share with Alistair, adventure racing, which sort of morphed into uh, trail running and longer distance trail running. And it was actually just doing the races and coming across the available uh, foods and and products there. That's where the inspiration came from. I'm also a passionate cook and so is my dad-in-law. And um, I think I'm as passionate at cooking as eating. It's like they're 50-50. They're really like joint first place. And um, I just kind of Wanted to eat nicer stuff whilst whilst doing these events, and I'd say, uh not competitive in the way Alistair competes, but competitive in terms of you know really like wanting to go after it and have a have an enjoyable time and have a that sense of accomplishment that you that one does get from um, entering these kinds of events. But um, it was really, I can make something better than that. Let's just do it
2: you did and, and now it's quite successful and you keep releasing new products
1: not as much as we want that's, that's mm-hmm. another that's another topic
2: actually I'm going to ask you first before we get to the sport nutrition stuff if there was any meal that you like to cook and you can just like put it into like a little bar and take it with you like for taste what would you do and Alistair
1: same question for you chicken tikka masala with a naan um uh, something like that yeah yeah and, I would say onion <laughs> <laughs> Onion badges and an IPA, like
0: two separate gels, uh, or little sachets to uh, to take with us up the mountains. That'd be perfect.
1: That's another thing. That, so, Al- Alistair's a vegan athlete. um I'm, I'm omnivore, but sometimes where we can always be very happy with exactly the same meal is, you know, the heart of British cuisine, which is Indian and Pakistani, Bangladeshi cuisine, curry all the way. So, yeah, we're working mm. on our curry nutrition line. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say, did I just like help you to like make a, a new idea, a new product line?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you've, yeah, we've, I think it's in the back of our minds since forever, but now it may be something we should really talk about deep, more, more, more seriously.
2: Now we've officially announced it on uh, <laughs> on audio, and it's recorded.
0: Exactly. Um,
2: Alistair, you have a sport nutrition background, and um, we haven't actually covered this yet on my podcast, so I'm really excited to talk about this. Can you give me? Some basics on fueling for outdoor recreation. This is like a multi-part question, and we can kind of keep talking about it. But some basics on that: what's important to consider, like convenience, stomach upset is huge. Fueling. So where do you want to start with that?
0: I think we, if we talk about the macronutrients, which is the sort of the very basic um, uh, sort of start for when it comes to to fueling an outdoor adventure or a, a marathon race or you know a multi-day hike or something. We talk about, in the macronutrients, the carbohydrates, the fats, and the proteins. And that's where our calories are coming from. Protein is a very important factor when it comes to sort of recovery. So uh, healing muscles which have been damaged due to sort of strenuous activity. Um, But the actual fuel itself is really coming from the carbohydrates. The more it becomes a sort of a a low-intensity, fat contributes. And as the intensity increases, so we're talking sort of a 10k half marathon or, or your ultra marathon um, uh, kind of distances. You're certainly using carbohydrates and a combination of fats, but really eating the carbohydrates is the is the key thing. And it's standard no matter what the product is you're going to pick up in your in your local run shop as a way of sort of having that sort of medium to high intensity workout, i.e. running. It's every 30 to 40 minutes, you should be eating about 100 calories of simple carbohydrates. And uh, that should be able to keep your energy levels topped up. So you're kind of like avoiding that bonking sensation where you start getting a little bit, you know, I can't understand why I'm tired and dizzy and things. It's because you've run out of glycogen, which is your body's sort of gas tank, as it were, for for energy. Um, I'm going to try and stop there because it really is a rabbit hole of of information we get there. So fire away with particular questions and see if I can answer them.
2: Uh, you said 100 calories of carbohydrates. So what does that translate to for macros?
0: Brilliant question. So every carbohydrate is going to be four calories per one gram. And so I'm just going to take the exact energy bar. It's 30 grams. It has 25 grams of carbohydrates in there and therefore 100 calories. And that's pretty much the same deal Um, No matter what energy gel or energy bar you're looking at, it's around about 100, 110 calories in there. So you say one of these little bars every half an hour, every 45 minutes. If you're running a bit harder, a bit more often. If you're more on a hiking, power hike kind of, uh, you know, full day outing, then it could be maybe as... every 60 minutes and that's just to have like optimum, you know, optimum energy, optimum performance.
2: How long does an activity have to be for you to say, okay, I need to start fueling? Does it like, is it uh, like over an hour, hour and a half?
0: Um, I, t- to be fair, that 60 minute mark is a good sort of reference. That's probably where your energy levels start to drop off. Um, and if therefore you're going out for two to three hours or even longer, it's not to start fueling after 60 minutes but in fact start fueling after 30 minutes and therefore being having a preemptive approach to to keeping your energy levels topped up as opposed to waiting till you're tired and then trying to sort of, you know, catch back up again. Cause that's where you're kind of having those ups and downs of energy and uh you're a you're a good person to talk to one minute and then a little bit grumpy the next minute. That kind of uh the hangry we call it, I think.
2: What's important to consider when it comes to convenience, again, stomach upset is is a huge problem for endurance athletes. So one of the some of those factors for people who are maybe getting into more endurance athletics or want to try different gels or different or your bars or different products like that.
0: I, I think it's go ahead and try those different products and find out what you enjoy, um, whether it's something is a bit more liquidy or something which is uh, a little bit less sweet. I um, mean, we really pride ourselves on the fact that we're kind of like a cross between a sort of a sensation of a gel and a, and a chew. Um, the chews often far too chewy and they freeze in the cold, whereas this is kind of a, you know, the exact energy bar is a melt in the mouth feel. Uh, but having said that even when it comes to the ultra races and the long distance races like a marathon towards the end i even i prefer something a little bit more liquidy right at the end there just because you know it slips down a little bit quicker uh, whereas it's less agreeable to have that kind of effect early on in the race so the 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 suggestion is you know go into your local sports shop and and grab a different range of products different range of flavors and try them out and see what works for you because you may be surprised which ones actually work better than the other ones
2: Hi, it's Marianne. The Rideau Lake Cycle Tour is coming up June 8th and 9th. And if you're interested in getting outside for the ride from Ottawa to Kingston and back, use the promo code OUTSIDE2024 to get $20 off any two-day ride at ottawabicycleclub.ca. That's promo code OUTSIDE2024. Come on a journey like no other it's not for people who like yoga, it's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.
1: Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson.
2: Question for you as a someone who runs over 100 kilometers. How many calories or macros are you eating in a race like that?
0: Okay, so I'll take the more recent, just a couple of weeks ago, Quebec Megatrail, which was a 50K race. Mm-hmm. Um, so about five and a half hours of racing. I was actually taking and I was working with uh, the, the philosophy that a lot of well, the philosophy, the, the research that has said mm-hmm. the higher intensity, you're going to kind of more regularly take in those simple carbohydrates. And so I actually had almost every 15 to 20 minutes an exact energy bar for that whole five hour period. And so, so I know it's surprising, but that's kind of in order to run faster for a longer time, you need to keep fueling more regularly. That is the the basics of it. And so uh, in order to run as fast as I aim to run over those five and a half hours, it was pretty much every 20 minutes. Um, I was eating a full bar, which towards the end almost felt as if like I finished one, I was pretty much opening up the next one to, to eat it. <laughs> um, however, you know, it ended up with a great performance. Um, and a friend of mine, uh, David Jecker, who was actually eating one every 15 minutes, he finished third in the race. And, uh, the two of us were very, like, feeling good after the race, not feeling burnt out. So as you go, as again, you push harder for longer, you want to sort of up that intake from, uh, um, potentially up to 400 calories, which would then be equal to a hundred grams, four calories per one gram of carb, which is the equivalent of four bars every 60 minutes.
2: Can I ask, what's your favorite flavor?
0: Strawberry. Uh, I, you know, I say that strawberry or apricot. I think those two are my favorites. However, I'm a massive caffeine fan. So I often kick off with a few blackcurrant bars uh, because they, are, they have 50 milligrams of caffeine in them.
2: Lawrence, uh, why is community so important to exact? And what does that look like for you? Switching gears a little bit here.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks. And that's a great question. I think it's a very <laughs> simple answer. I think it's just enjoyable and rewarding. Yeah, it's fun and trouble rewarding. It's kind of like um, I don't know. It feels like being part of a, a party, whether that be a small party or a bigger party, like a, something like Ottawa Race Weekend. That's that's kind of a slightly other party out of hand a bit. We might not have the best city here in Montreal for like the city really handing over the keys to to events, with maybe one exception, the, the Grand Prix cycliste which just happened last weekend. But uh, we, we're kind of a bit envious of where you're nearby in Ottawa, where. Um, multiple events really uh, get to enjoy and are embraced by by the city. But we have a fantastic series of sort of underground, very community red run, runs and rides and BMX and even cross-country skiing on the mountain, um, which can be really small in, in size. And just we've always paid attention to it because it's just where we started and where we came from. In the early days of Exact. I'm not sure I wouldn't recommend this as a way to build your business plan, but, but how we did it is we actually, we didn't have an online presence, apart from social media, we had great difficulty getting into stores, we thought we'd just like find a distributor, and they would do that for us, but what I didn't take into account is we had a completely unknown brand, some would argue we didn't have a brand, we just had a product, and, of course, that wasn't so attractive if you're owning a store or owning a, a distribution process. So so how did we like get our product known as well? Well, early days, it was just me and my wife and our kids at the time just kind of turned up at events and sort of forced ourselves into people's mouths. And then after the event, we'd go to the local store and say, hey, like people love this look it's true and I'd like show them like some really like crappy like amateur photos that I took of some of my mates or whoever we managed to find at the race or training or whatever and maybe one out of five stores would be like maybe we will give it a shot like we'll put a $50 order in you know but that was for, for some for some considerable time for some years there was some other you know very real life Uh, Yeah, I guess there were constraints. We couldn't really go and promote more than two hour drive away from our own house because I had a full time job at the time. Right. So it was was, um, uh, so we'd promote on the weekends or in the evenings. And so you kind of that's your only choice. And I'd say it was a bit of a gamble. Like it was it's definitely a passion project. Um, it's not like we went through a round of financing and then employed a marketing agency to go and do all these things. We literally, really sort of figured it out as we went along. So we'd turn up an event, we'd meet some people at Quebec Megatrail back in, uh, 24, 13 or 14 is where we met Alistair and some other like really fine runners, uh, at the time. And there's through talking to people like Alistair, Jeff Gosselin, Sarah Bergeron LaRouche, people like that. Well, we just ask them what other races they were going to go and run. And then, well, we'd have a word with the organizer and sort of beg our way to like get there for as little financial outlay as possible. And, and that's kind of how it got built. And even if we fast forward nine, ten years, because that will be our 10th birthday this fall, we started operations in the U.S. this year. And, OK, we're a bit more established. Certainly, I think we're better established like in eastern Canada. But you know what? It's not really any different like in the US, okay, we go in there with a, a part, like different product categories, we've got like amazing protein wafers, we've got electrolyte tabs, uh, we've got six flavors of the fruit bars, we started with three, yeah, and we have functioning websites and like you can order and guess what? The product arrives like the day after or in two days, all those things which we didn't have before, but the process is actually the same. Uh, we find that unless you actually turn up at like a quality event, whether it be a, um, a business-facing event or a consumer-facing event, um, or if you turn up in someone's store or at a race, uh, you can't really beat that as a way of getting the product known. We've been experimenting and playing with, you know, social media and everything. And yes, it's important as its place. But what we found is especially I think it's got to do with a lot of the fact that we are we are selling something you eat. <laughs> and if our pitch is, you know what, this is going to taste really good. and It's going to help you out and it's easy to digest and so on you can only sort of paint so many pictures of that. You really can't be giving it to the person in the setting in which like it was designed to be used. And and guess what, that takes a bit of time. So you turn up a lot of community events. And so I think that's that's really why it's continued to be a, of how we continue to promote our brand. Um, it's something that we, we really enjoy. If sometimes you might get a little bit, we get a bit sort of frayed at the edges because um, uh, the months of May and June, September to early November, we've got multiple events every weekend most weekends and now it's not just eastern Canada but it's western Canada we have an event in Texas Alistair I can give you the news we've just looks like we're sponsoring the Salomon Women's Half Marathon Trail event at Marin Headlands in California you know wow that's amazing yeah so so I guess it's it it keeps on coming back and we're really um, uh, appreciative of that and I hope that's something that will always be a part of our of our priorities when we're when we're, uh, you know, planning from one season to another.
2: What this podcast is all about is nature and how you connect to nature. So what role does it play in your lives, considering both of you love the outdoors and how does it play into exact? I didn't specifically ask who (laughs) both of you, Alistair first and Lawrence, I'd love to hear your answer too.
0: Again, that's the kind of question that could go on forever about what I fell in love with trail running about was that connection with nature I mean, I was a sort of a ski bum, a snowboarder for many years. And what I loved was just sort of riding through the trees on a powder day. And that sort of connection with just sort of being on the edge of adrenaline um, while I was running in the woods was the, was the same thing I had. Um, and so sort of from a very sort of one place to another – that feeling, and then obviously the whole sport nutrition link connecting that in order to be able to do it for longer and you know feel good about it and not be exhausted and and dizzy while you while you're doing it after many hours is also proper fueling, and therefore that link of exact nutrition is there. Um, and so for me, that was the sort of the, the core link is really sort of you know fueling people to go out and enjoy themselves out in nature, and whether it's on your bike up a mountain, down a stream, um, uh, all those sort of different areas you can be in,
1: Lawrence. I think my main leisure sort of experience has just always been outdoors. So I wouldn't say necessarily nature, but the more outdoors it is, the more enjoyable, the more remote it is, the more one uh, really connects with um, the place you're in. I think if I try and like rewind back, it's probably as early as as probably 12 or something. Um, and the school I was at in, in Bristol, England, um, it's a big national program in Britain. It's called the Ten Tours. It's basically a an overnight hike where you have to be autonomous in in Dartmoor, which is it's probably the wettest part of Britain, I'd say, or, or one of the wettest. So it's it's, it's great. It's designed it's di- designed to be a bit sort of humid and not miserable, but it's it's certainly not it's not a walk in the park and going into it, I I didn't really give it much thought because I think I was kind of in you know, this is like early eighties. As a schoolboy you kind of like get forced into all your leisure activities, you didn't really get to pick them. So I kind of just went into it without much thinking. But the feelings I remember the feelings, the emotions I experienced during it and probably particularly afterwards were just, oh my God, that was that was a phenomenal experience. Like and it was all about the kids organizing it ourselves. So it was, I don't know, a team of eight 12-year-olds with no teacher or parental supervision actually like kicked out onto the moor and like see you, been, see you in a day and a half you know <laughs> there, was, there was something really brilliant about that and I think maybe that that kind of first awaked in me it just made me realize like oh that's something that I really enjoy doing and now I didn't go on to do necessarily just those things but whether it would be walking in the mountains or later skiing in the mountains or it involved into running in the mountains or or a mixture of mountain biking running and paddling to get somewhere is something I I was lucky enough to work out at quite an early age that I really enjoyed it. And I must say, doing those things in Britain is also a really great way to really sort of make sure that you like it, because it's it's certain that when you start out in your day, chances are, if it's not pissing it down with rain, it soon will. And so you get this inbuilt sort of um, optimism like, well, if you wait for the good weather, then just kind of you never go out. So but what's the nice thing is is so you do go out and maybe the weather's not great, but often it will become so and some of those sometimes the most dramatic views and the most like exhilarating moments I've experienced were like on the west coast of uh of northwest England on the Lake District and there's a wonderful, wonderful mountain range there. Just when the clouds clear and there's something about if you've been walking like uphill and the rain is coming upwards like <laughs> and you see nothing and it's all a bit shit and you're kind of cold and hungry but when the cloud does break and then you get the view across the Irish sea or down into the fells and if you're really lucky you can see the pub where you'll finish the day just those, those kinds of experiences are just uh they're just great and there's uh, i think there are relatively few things in life where you know for sure like the more you put in, the definitely the more you get back out of it. And and I've discovered that there are two things in life like that. Uh, one is sports and sort of, and I put outdoor activities into that. Like the more you put into your hike or your run or your ride or your paddle, it will be more rewarding. And the other thing is cooking. Like the more effort you put in, it will be better. And I think everything else, jobs, careers, administration, eh, it's kind of, it's a bit more of a, it's, it's not a certainty. Like you can work a shitload and, and maybe you don't get The promotion or like the wonderful lovely feeding but I think with like physical activities stroke nature pursuits it's always the case and uh, meal creation I think it's always the case
2: is there anything else you would like to add about exact nutrition because this has been wonderful like obviously your website I'm going to add everything in the show notes of course but is there anything else that uh, you would like to add and we just started going into the states where is the company going otherwise
0: so with, with regards to the States, I mean, we've had, we've been astounded by the success we've had. Um, uh, we kicked off with the running event, which was back in December. Really, it's that here we are. The story behind it was that we flew down to the event um, the morning of the setup and our actual booth did not follow us on our, in our baggage. And so we just had an empty space where we went out and printed (laughs) or wrote on a massive piece of paper, just, you know, uh, I think it was Air Canada Lost Our Booth, and uh, it kicked off conversations (laughs) with people. And we luckily had the actual tasting stock with us, so lacking any sort of fancy tablecloths and catalogues, all we had was our, uh, you know, our cheerful smiles and uh, the actual stuff to taste. People came by, we had that conversation about why our booth wasn't there, And uh, within that that was December, we're coming to September now. So, you know, sort of nine months, roughly 10 months, we've opened up 70 plus stores across mostly the east of uh, Canada. That's where we focused. But it's been absolutely astounding. The response we've had Um, just a little bit more equipped than when uh, Lawrence and and Marianne were doing it back uh, 10 years ago. You know, obviously had a bit more of a website, a bit more of, hey, here's all our content and things to add to your website and stuff a little bit more uh, tooled up for that um that's the the us and i see our uh, you know the the vision is global we're not gonna we're not gonna stop we've got more products in the pipeline and things that we're going to work on um but i think the thing for me is that we're often um having one-on-one conversations with people who have you know set themselves of doing a challenge of a marathon you know so they weren't really a runner or they've always thought it was a great idea and said you know well for my 50th birthday I decided to run a marathon and you know they've gone and bought the shoes 6 months ago the training plan and things and we meet them a couple of days before their race uh, when they you know they're picking up their bibs and we see these people saying oh i didn't know you ate while you were running and we're like oh my gosh you did you when you were running your you know a 30k sunday long run training you didn't fuel with anything oh, no, I was definitely hungry. You know, I hated those last, you know, the last hour. My stomach was grumbling and I was almost dizzy. And so you get into about fueling for a race. And these people are like, really? Like, yeah, no, that's it. Really, just eat the bars as you go along. You can tell, oh, yeah. And then you have a little taste of something. Yeah, it's really easy to eat. I can eat that while I'm running. And so the whole lives were changed. And you have these people who had spent six months, and, you know, you don't know until you know, but six months working towards their day. And literally a couple of days, we've been able to sort of really just sort of turn it up a bit for them and give them that boost. Whether it's a 5K, a 10K or a half marathon or a full marathon or a hundred miles that these people are running, if we can help people achieve their goals, I think we're doing, a, you know, we're doing a good thing and having a lot of fun while we do it. So I think for me, it's keep on doing that and just spread it around more, get it out to more people.
2: Thank you so much for sharing some insight behind your wonderful company and helping fueling athletes and outdoor athletes. This has been great. Alistair Lawrence from Exact Nutrition, thanks for chatting with me today.
1: You're welcome, Marianne. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure.
0: <laughs> thanks for listening. For more Let's Take This Outside, go to let's take this
2: Hi.